give us the eyes of faith this morning. Give us the eyes of faith this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right, you can grab a seat. I'm so thankful that they haven't started the timer yet because I feel like we've eaten a little bit into it. Thank you so much this morning, band. That was awesome worship. Um, who's excited that they came to church this morning? Who's glad they came? Awesome. I'm stoked to see many hands given that I am so sorry that the coffee cart didn't turn up. You know, I joked the other week that, you know, we can come expectant and some of us come expectant and caffeinated. <laughs> I know that I need that sometimes. Um, but I'm excited, okay? I'm excited for the word because I believe that God has given something to me this morning that is a prophetic word for us and our season, okay? And I can feel the stirring deep within, and that's why I loved that prophetic word that you brought, Lisa, because, you know, even sometimes when we don't see it, God is moving and there's a stirring and I can feel it. And we've been in a little bit of a season uh, that we've titled By Faith, By Faith. And, um, you know, we often talk about faith and we often talk about how it's through faith that God moves, amen? God is moved by faith. If, if we didn't need faith, then we don't need God, right? If we don't need faith, if we don't need to go, God, we need you, then I think God kind of looks and goes, you're capable of doing this on your own. But the purposes and the promises of God are so much bigger. And if we want to chase after them, we need faith. So often when we talk about faith and what uh, stirs faith and, and a faith that um, prepares the way for God to move. We often talk about prayer. Amen. You know, we had an incredible night last Sunday night where we came together and we prayed and we worshiped. And I loved the creativity of not just, you know, saying prayers out loud, but taking a spray can and tagging it on that auditorium floor um, and taking some paint pens and paint and writing prayers and writing declarations, writing names that we're believing for, uh, for people to um, encounter God. You know, prayer is powerful. So is the word. You know, often, often uh, we look at that too, where the word of God stirs faith. But this morning, I'm feeling stirred that we're going to talk about praise. Okay, how praise prepares the way for God to move. Um, uh, you know, I know in my own life, and I've read it time and time again throughout Scripture, um, and I know you guys are probably going to nod too, that with every promise to possess, there's a battle or two, right? There's a battle or two. With every promise to possess, there's a battle or two. With every blessing, there's a battle. Now, I'm a little bit over, um, and it's the social media's influence on our life where we kind of look at something like Instagram or um, we listen to someone who gets up and that's that short little clip where they talk about the blessing and they talk about attaining, but they don't often talk about the challenge. And it's easy in that little snapshot to start to compare our lives and go, God, look at what they've got. Look at what they've attained, but we don't see 
the journey and there's a battle. And when there's a battle, when there's a challenge, that's when we need faith. And yes, prayer is an ingredient. The word is an ingredient, but praise is an incredible key. So, you know, what we're going to do this morning is I want to look at a passage in the Bible that's found in two Chronicles. Maybe that's one you've never read before. Maybe it's one you've kind of skipped over. We're going to take a look at that. We're going to take a look at a psalm that I think has some incredible keys, and then we're going to look at what it means practically. So we're ready for that. A passage, a psalm, and some practical keys, because I think there's a little bit of a battle strategy in it for us this morning. Cool. So if you're taking notes, write down 2 Chronicles 20. Because of time, we're not going to, I'm going to kind of talk about it because we're going to dive into the psalm. All right. But write it down because it's a, it's a passage that's worth reading later. Now, this is a point in Judah's history, uh, which was significant for them. Okay. So we know all about the kingdom of Israel. Surely you had an amazing king named King David, right? That God chose. And um, unfortunately, after his son Solomon, the kingdom split. So you've got Israel and then you've got Judah. And Judah is the place where they have the temple. And um, at 2 Chronicles 20, we find a king named Jehoshaphat, who is a descendant of David. And they've got a little bit of a problem. There are three nations who have joined together to come and destroy Judah. Not just one, three. Now, if we fast forward to the end, we get a little bit of a hint. These guys weren't just coming to have a little bit of a battle, but they were coming to take over because it says that they brought clothing, they brought all their equipment, they brought all their um, articles of value, everything. They weren't just coming with an army. They were coming with the kitchen sink ready to take over. Now that's some confidence, right? <laughs> that's some serious confidence. This isn't just, uh, hey, we're going to give this a go. This is, uh, this is our time. We're coming to take over. So there's a little bit of a battle <laughs> ahead of them, a little bit of a challenge. And what does Jehoshaphat do? The first thing he does is he turns to the Lord. What a key. You know, I think the first thing we do in our life when we're faced with a challenge or a battle is a bit of a sign of where we're at. You know, with every challenge, with every battle, I know sometimes I risk turning straight to my head because <laughs> I'm a problem solver where you're just trying to solve the problem. Maybe it's turning to a mate, maybe it's turning to your wife. Those are all good things, but I think the, the most important key here is turning to the Lord. So he turns to the Lord and he begins to pray and, and he is inspired where he goes, come on, all of Judah, what we're going to do is we're going to pray and we're going to fast. And they gathered together to do that. And, and in that prayer, as they're praying and they're seeking God, it says that the spirit of the Lord came upon Jahaziel. You know what I love is, in the middle of those times when we pray, just like this morning, and I love that about our prayer times, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon somebody and there's a word. You know, there's a word. 
And this is what he says, and, and, uh, and uh, this, this sounds crazy, but this is what he says. Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You know, I think something that we got to realize in this season is, did you know not every battle you face is something that you've got to tackle on your own. You know, there are times in Israel's history where God said, you know what, go forth, I'm going to be with you. This actually wasn't one of those times. You know, there's battles in our lives sometimes where we just feel like we're striving and we're striving, challenges ahead of you. You're just like, I don't know what I can do within my control. I don't know how I can be the answer to my own prayer with a bit of God's strength. Those battles aren't for you. That's why I loved. He prayed, they discerned, a word came. And, and what a word. The battle is not yours, it's God's. Then tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz. Some great place names here. And you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeriel. And you will not have to fight this battle. So just picture it. You're absolutely peaking because three nations are coming. They're bringing everything, the clothing, the wardrobe, the kitchen sink, the kids. They're, they're coming to take over. And you've just heard a prophetic word in the prayer meeting that says the battle's not yours. You just have to turn up, but you won't have to do a thing. That's going to take faith, right? Listen to this. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance that the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face him tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Man, this is the type of, this is the type of story that you want to see a movie of. Anyway. So Jehoshaphat bows his face. They began to worship. And early, early the next morning, they get ready. And it says, after consulting the people, he appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for his splendor of his holiness. And they went out at the head of the army. Yeah, I don't know how our creative team would feel if in this moment we went, you know what? God said, don't worry, don't freak out, do not fear, this battle's mine. You know, we're going to get an army in your armor, you're going to head out, but you're not going to have to do a thing, but um, creative team, can you just head out in front of them? <laughs> Sing a couple of songs. Isaac, you might need to strap a drum around your neck and play that. Um, Lance, you might need a guitar and a little strap-on speaker and some, I don't know. Maybe Alex is there carrying a speaker on his back and a light. <laughs> Who knows what's going on? But man, that would have taken faith for them. But there's something about praise. There's something about praise that stirs faith and prepares the way for God to move. And you know what? This is what they sung. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. So most scholars believe that, because this is a little bit of a heads up, it's a quote, that what they're singing is Psalm 136. 
Okay, and I want to go through Psalm 136 this morning because there's keys in here which I believe prepare the way and stirs faith. And this is what they were singing. And you'll see how this psalm would have stirred their faith. But what I want to do is I want to open it up and look at what it means for us today. Does that sound good? So Psalm 136. In fact, we are going to put these verses on the screen because there are 26 of them. Okay, 26 of them. And I want you to go through this in your own time as well. But Psalm 136, this is a psalm, a song of praise. What we know about it is it is a corporate song. This is meant to be a song that we sing together. If you're looking in your Bible, you might see some lines in italics. That's because they believe there's a bit of um, call and response going on. Okay. First of all, I want to say this. There is power in corporate praise. There's power in corporate worship. You know, it's one thing to be at home. Um, Maybe you're like me and this morning as I'm driving in, I've got um, worship playing. I've got uh, Lion by Elevation Worship. You know, Hail, Hail, Lion of Judah. You know, prepare the way of the Lord, just stirring me up. But there is power in corporate worship. One of those reasons is this, we are all diverse in our experiences, right? And there's power as we praise and we lift up God and we realize what God has done in someone else's life. There's diversity in experience. There is power just literally in the volume of it that stirs faith. So this is corporate. This is them singing together. I believe as we read this, it wouldn't have just been the poor old creative team out in front, this would have been a call and response between the worshippers, the army, the people. We'll start in the first three verses. Listen to this. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. Okay, I'm going to read these first bits and we're going to respond. Hey, even if you're, at on, if you're online this morning, respond at home. Let's go. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Yeah, I reckon we're about, we're almost there. We're going to try that with a little bit more, okay? Let's pretend we are that army that's out there. We're going to be speaking to our challenges. Let's try that again. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Come on, that's good. Give thanks to the God of God. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. You know what I love about this is true worship can only begin from a place of understanding who God is. That's where true worship begins. Otherwise, it's just a song. Otherwise, it's kind of like I was explaining to somebody one day who um, hasn't actually been to church before and they were talking about the singing part. Um, they had been to a, a funeral where they had worship, but they hadn't been to a service. And they're talking about the singing part. And I was like, it, it kind of is like giant karaoke. <laughs> but yeah, without understanding and beginning from a place of who God truly is, it is just one large karaoke session. But true worship begins with recognizing who he is. You know, um, the writer was intentional. He starts with give thanks to the Lord. You'll see that in all capitals, L-O-R-D, that is the name Yahweh. They are naming who God is. You're not just any God. 
you're our God. You are Yahweh. You are the creator. You are above all else. Give thanks to the Lord. And I love this, and you'll recognize it in the way I often pray, but it starts with a core character of his nature, for he is good. They could head out as an army, trust God, have the worshipers at the front because they knew that God is good. I want to encourage you in your moment right now, whatever challenge you are facing, whatever mountain is in front of you, you can trust God because he is good. God is not sadistic. God is not thinking, you know what, for a bit of fun this year, I'm going to play something in front of you that's going to absolutely cripple you. No, God is good. You know, maybe you're in the middle of a challenge. Have the eyes of faith. Maybe God is building something in you, but have the faith that the victory is ahead of you because God is good. The next verse, give thanks to the God of gods. You know, for them, that just meant, you know what? God is greater than any other God. God is greater than any other God. And I know that in 2022, in the middle of Albany, as we're sitting here, maybe we haven't really thought about other gods, little G before, but I know that in our world, often there are other gods, right? Power, pleasure, prestige, people. Sometimes there are other things that we place ahead of God, that we put our trust in, that we put our worship in, we direct our worship towards, you know, God is greater than any other God. There is no other little G that is faithful as God, as powerful as God, can satisfy like God because God is greater than any other God. And they recognize at that moment, you know, for them, the Ammonites, the Moabites, you know, those other nations that were coming, they had their gods that they believed were stronger than Yahweh, that was on their side. But here they are stirring up faith. You are the God of gods. Next one, give thanks to the Lord of lords. That, that word Lord there is Adonai, another name for God. But he, when we look at this, what it's saying is he is greater than any other master or king or human that might exert power. So they name who God is. You are Yahweh. You are the only one. They give thanks because he is God. He is greater than any other God, any other thing, uh, whether spiritual or created that man could worship. And he's greater than any master or oppressor or king. He is God. So that's where they started. Number two, we can't fully grasp who he is without considering what he's done. Amen. Because what God's done reaffirms his character. So we're going to start at verse 4, and I want just as much gusto as we repeat these lines as we started with, all right? To him who alone does great wonder, who by his understanding made the heaven, who spread out the earth upon the waters, who made the great lights, the sun to govern the day, 
the moon and the stars to govern the night. You know what I love about this that we can often miss? I love, I feel like we need um, church bingo this morning because I think I said I love about this about 20 times already, but that's okay. What I do love about this, we miss this point, all right? So you imagine you are the army. We've got the worshipers out there. You've got the Ammonites, the Moabites coming. This is, this is a little bit of a dig. It's not only just worshiping that God is the creator. He's the one true God if he's created everything and put it in its place. But often with their, their gods, especially the Ammonites and the Moabites, they associated their gods with the stars and the sun. And listen to this, who made the great lights, <laughs> the moon and the stars to govern the night, the sun to govern the day. You know what? They were worshiping just failed in comparison as creation to God the one true God and his wonders and his splendors. Man, if he can create out of nothing, can't he beat an army for them? Is there no challenge he can't overcome? Is there no mountain he can't move? Okay, to him, this one's interesting. (laughs) To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt and brought Israel out from among them, with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder and brought Israel through the midst of it, but swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. To him who led his people through the desert. You know, their faith would have been stirred right then as remembering their God is not only the Savior at their moment of greatest, greatest challenge as a nation. You know, when they were in bondage, when they were slaves, when they were viewed as less than human and who was even looking out for them, Yahweh came and set them free. And what I also love about that is... um, You know, not only did he set them free, but as we remember, whether we've read the word or we've watched the Prince of Egypt, um, Pharaoh came with his army, right, to take them back. And who knows, sometimes in life we can overcome a battle, we can receive some freedom, but sometimes the enemy likes to come and attack at the peripheral. Maybe it's words saying, you know, has God really pulled through for you? You know, I, I experienced that. Many of you guys know my story. I've shared it many times about being healed of asthma, right? So it was in a meeting, in a meeting like that, miraculous power of God where I was set free not only from a spirit of fear but from asthma, never used an inhaler again. Now, what I haven't shared before but is relevant for this moment is I know that within one week of that, I had little whispers in my ear going, did you really get healed of asthma or is that just a moment where you got stirred up? And then you start overthinking and then you're like, oh, I don't, am I, you know how you kind of start to focus on something like, I don't know, am I getting a full lung full of air? And it's at that moment where I knew I had to just go, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the victory that you won for me. And to press in, and to move forward. 
You know, by the grace of God, I didn't actually use my inhaler. I just pressed in. I never use an inhaler ever again. But I did have that moment a week later where I just had to press in and go, God, I know that you did it and I'm putting my trust in you. They would have been stirred up if God's done it before. This is why we can't fully grasp who he is without considering what he's done because it stirs up in you. If God's done it before, if he's done it for someone else, you know, maybe this morning you're facing something that you've never had to tackle before. You know what the beauty of community is and the beauty of church is? If you start asking some questions, I bet you're going to find somebody who's been through that before. That's why I love... um, You know, Dylan, we prayed for him last week. What a miracle, amen, that we prayed for him. He went and um, saw the specialist after his next scan, and they were like, "Um, your cancer has halved, okay? Like how, like, you know, I'm meant to be full of faith, and there's still moments where I go, God, that's incredible. Your cancer has halved. And we prayed for him again last week because we're believing, I think it's this week he's going in for another scan because they couldn't even, they didn't even have a treatment plan because that went out the window when they're like, between scans, it's hard, what's happened. Um, But what I love in that moment was as we were praying for him, uh, Rod was next to me and I shared that, that story about being healed of asthma and let's have faith. And I wanted to say, I did say to him, I know asthma is not cancer, okay? Because that's the last thing you want to tell somebody in the middle of a challenge is going, I know how you feel. I had this other thing. <laughs> um, but I love that Rod came over and he said, you know, when I got, when I got saved, I brought my mum along and she had a miracle with cancer. And see, that began to stir faith. You know, if you're facing something this morning that you haven't faced before, ask some questions. There's going to be somebody who can go, you know what? I can testify if God has done it before, he can do it again for you. I remember um, a great conversation I had with Owen. Owen, what an absolute legend. Um, He came in, it was one Sunday. No, it wasn't actually a Sunday. It was a Friday. It was a Friday. I was in the office by myself. No one else here. I think I was in here for some reason. He came on in and in his cheeky way that he does, he goes, are you here by yourself? I'm like, yep. He goes, why are all the doors open? You know, someone could have come in and taken a TV or <laughs> taken a few things. You wouldn't have even known. I was like, yep, yeah, yeah, thanks. He's like, yeah, he was here to see someone else. But um, I said, well, you left with me. And we just began to talk. And what I loved is suddenly he began to share so many stories of God's faithfulness. And I see Pam nodding. She knows these stories because she's lived them. God's faithfulness and how God has, Time and time again, showing himself faithful. And he said to me, Jesse, never lose sight of God's faithfulness. If he's done it in my life, time and time and time again, he can do it in your life. And that's the beauty of your testimony. So they're singing about what God has done. Now listen to this. Uh, verse uh, 17, who struck down the great king and killed mighty king, Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and gave their land as inheritance, an inheritance to his servant Israel, 
Yeah, here we start naming the enemies that were defeated. Now, both of these kings were Amorite kings. Can you see the faith beginning to stir as they're singing this? This vast army would be like, what to begin with, what is going on? And then they start to sing about what God has done. Naming the enemy and facing the enemy straight on and singing about the victory. You know, uh, as we read in, in, in Joshua, as, as God led Israel through the wilderness into the promised land, and remember, every promise comes with a battle. There was a few battles there, right? These are the first two kings they tackled. And I'm reminded of Jericho, where again, God moved. They didn't do anything except for worship and shout. Um, Rahab, this is what Rahab had said. Rahab had said that the city was filled with fear because of what God had done in defeating Sihon and Og. Again, if God's done it before, he can do it again. Now, it's kind of funny in 2022, in the middle of Albany, New Zealand, talking about kings like this. But maybe for you, these enemies, these kings are depression. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's, it's sin. These are enemies that we've got a name and believe God to break through. And there's power in naming it, especially when he's done it before. You know, we've got to create milestones in, in our life. You know, they, they remembered this through writing it down and it's in the word and it's in song. But maybe for you, you've just got to write it down in a journal. Maybe you've got to tell somebody and reflect on it and praise God for it. Because when you face a challenge, that's what's going to stir faith and see you break through. So we can't fully grasp who he is without considering what he's done. And finally, ultimately, we arrive at who he is in our now. When we realize who God is, he's all powerful. As it says in the um, right at the end of the Gospels, that all power and authority is His. Then we begin to, we begin to be filled with faith to see God move. Listen to this. The last one's right here, verse twenty-three. To the one who remembered us in our low estate and freed us from our enemies, who gives food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. Yeah, let's give him praise right now. Come on. You know what I love about what I love about that is that line in our lowest state. It's only used twice in the Bible. It's here and it's in the Ecclesiastes where it's talking about like in the most humble, like the bottom floor. That maybe even this morning, if if you're here or maybe you're watching online and you feel like you couldn't even get any lower. A place where people wouldn't even take notice. Wouldn't even take notice. Because often our eyes flick towards those Instagram stories of someone who's got their life all together and is so successful. Or we look at the rich, or we look at the famous, or we look at the prestigious, or the ones where everything's going well. God is looking even to the lowest place. He sees you and he lifts you out of it. He remembers you. He frees us from our enemies. 
He gives food to every creature. You know, God is truly our provider. He's our sustainer. You know, when we get, capture a glimpse of that, our challenges become so much smaller and we realize God can do it. And I love that. Give thanks to the God of heaven. What a title. You know, when I think of heaven, I think of no place bigger and, and, and expanse, not just confined to the earth. And he is the God over all. So can you see how they would have been stirred, right? They're singing this back and forward. I can imagine like this vast army ahead, almost like any Lord of the Rings fans out here. Yeah, Helm's Deep. I just think of this little army there and all those orcs out there, this vast army. But here you got, they're singing, they're singing, faith is rising. And this is what happens. As they begin to sing and praise, it says the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. And they were defeated. It even said that they rose up and turned on each other. Literally, the army of Judah just stood there and they praised as the victory came. And it says that after they won the victory, that they went out to take the plunder. And this is where we got that little insight into the fact that these guys were just coming to take over because it said it took three days to collect all the clothes, all the equipment, all the articles of value, three whole days. You know what I've observed in my own life is as you push through and you possess the promise, as you push through and you possess the blessing, with every season that you step through, with every challenge that you take, God doesn't just bring you through by the skin of your teeth, but he truly blesses you. He truly blesses you. And it's not just for yourself, as Zan said, it's for others too. Because God's blessing is to overflow through you into others. Amen? I love it. And that's why, final key, final key. You know, so who did they turn to? They turned to the Lord. They discerned. They stood and they praised. Final key. I love this. And they assembled in the valley where they praised the Lord. And that's why they called the valley um, Baraka, which means praise. They named that space as a milestone for future generations. Why do I think this is important? Why do I think this is prophetic? Because I believe as we've shared before, that we're heading into a new season. It's already begun, all right? Um, I think it's interesting that, um, you know, sometimes in, in, in the natural, it matches what's happening in the spiritual, right? So we are kind of into this quasi, super strange as we navigate it, new normal. Um, as a church, we're in the final countdown of moving back into the new auditorium. Yeah, come on, Renee. <laughs> I was hoping there's a couple more cheers than just that. But I can't wait. And I think of, you know, Israel as they came out, out of um, Egypt and into the promised land. 
Do you know they had already been there before? They were coming back to the new. But there were a few battles to overcome. And I think as a church, what God is calling us to is not just to prayer and his word, but to praise. Not just prayer and the word, but to praise. I can't help but think, you know, we've been through a lockdown period, right? Over the last couple of years, it's been really strange. One of those things that uh, elements of the church and what we do corporately that uh, had a bit of challenge there, had a bit of fight, was worship and praise. I can't be the only one who sometimes found it hard standing in front of a TV screen trying to praise. Like even my, uh, my beautiful wife who's at home with our, unfortunately our sick kids right now, um, who is watching it right now, she even said the other day, she was like, man, you know what? The praise comes on and it just becomes hard when you have a, a sick kid who's crying and another one who just goes, I want food. Man, they're like endless, right? <laughs> food, 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 food. I love when I was recording worship one, one week. I should have included it, but it got cut out when Harvey walked in. He goes, Dad, I want food. And we're just right in the middle of a moment. <laughs> should have kept it. But anyway, that's been difficult. And I want to recognize that be, even being in the cafe in the foyer is a little bit difficult to push through and praise, but we can't afford not to. Because praise prepares the way. You know what I, I believe is there is a sound rising up. And I think it's, it's interesting when you look at worship songs that are being written and you see the prophetic nature of what's taking place. I think it's by no mistake that most of the songs I'm seeing being written right now are warfare songs, warfare songs, reminding us of who God is that no one compares but reminding us that our God is the victor, that it doesn't matter what battle. Even songs over the last couple of years, like graves into gardens, bones into armies, we are declaring. And it's not just for the creative team, even though the other night at Creative, we did have a good challenge about this. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. You know, Ephesians, I'm reminded of Ephesians 6 because that's, we love that, we love that passage because it's the armor of God, right? And it does begin by saying, put on the armor to stand. And it's not a solo pursuit. We're standing together. And that we don't fight against fish, flesh and blood, not just people, but principalities. And there's a, there's a spiritual battle that's going on at the same time. And we stand. And yes, it talks about the helmet of uh, salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the bout of truth, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit. And we stand and we stand together and we contend for each other. But it also says right before that, even in, in, um, in Ephesians 5, it talks about us singing to each other in psalms, singing to each other in hymns and songs and spiritual songs because there's something that stirs when we do it. I think it's by no surprise, not just that story, but when we look at many cultures, even, you know, this weekend is Mariki, and I think of even, you know, uh, the, the tribes across Aotearoa, where as, as they went into battle, what did they do? They did hakas, and they sang songs, and it stirred up, and it even to intimidate the army, but there's something spiritual that takes place as we sing, and we praise. The difference is when we praise the King of Kings, 
and the Lord of Lords. Praise is the key, not just prayer, not just the word, praise. Again, just in case we need one last point to deliver this home. You know, Paul, who remembers that moment in Acts about Paul and Silas in the prison? What happened? They praised, they praised, and there was an earthquake, and the shackles broke, and they were set free. This is in a prison in Philippi. What did Paul write to the Philippians? He wrote this, don't be anxious about anything because, you know, we get anxious when there's a challenge or a mountain. Don't be anxious about anything, but in all things in prayer, supplication, which basically does mean the laundry list of needs. I need this God. (laughs) Prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Paul knew it wasn't just prayer, it was prayer and. Because what does thanksgiving unlocked? Thanksgiving, we're going to be thankful for something. If he's done it before, he can do it again. That's praise, lifting up who he is. And then it says that you will get the peace that passes all understanding and that Christ will guard your heart and your mind. That is the power of praise. That is the power of praise. Again, I believe there is a sound rising as we reclaim the power of praise. I believe that there is a season of promise ahead for us as we're moving into this new normal. But remember, with every season of promise is a season of warfare. I'm pretty sure Pastor Don declared that last week, season of warfare. And again, it's not just for us, but I am warfaring for Dylan. I'm warfaring for Derek. I'm warfaring for people to have an encounter with Jesus. I'm warfaring for people to experience his freedom. I don't praise just for myself. I'm praising for people to encounter God. You know, there's a a bit of a lie, and I've heard it before, and we can nod our heads and go, yeah, yeah, I get it, that, you know, often the most passionate people are the closest to that point of grace. You know, that, you know, somebody who is the worst of worst sinners and did the worst stuff (laughs) are the people who are the most passionate when they meet Jesus. I want to rephrase that for us this morning, that the most passionate people tend to be the people who are closest to their last encounter. I've seen that time and time in my own life, that every time you have a fresh encounter, a greater glimpse, I see the most powerful breakthroughs in my world and passion begins to stir like the waterfall cascading down. And then what we don't see is what God's spirit is doing on the inside. Can we have the band up, please? May we never settle and pursuing the promises of God just because there's a challenge, just because there's a a mountain, just because there's a battle ahead. But let us be a church family that pushes through. And not just for ourselves, but for others. Come on, who's with me? Come on. What we're going to do this morning is we're going to begin to praise, okay? And I am believing that people are going to experience breakthrough this morning. We've seen it 
And time and time again, you know, especially over the last few weeks as we've made, uh, made opportunity for this. So we're going to do that, okay? So I know it is 11.25. I know that I stole a couple of extra minutes. But we're going to make time right now because I don't want to see a moment go. I don't want to see a moment go. Yeah, you are worthy, God. Yeah, why don't you just begin to focus on him? And as you begin to focus on him, maybe just think of something. What is something you can be thankful for today? I want you to forget about what challenge lies ahead. I want you to forget about what mountain might be ahead, but just begin to focus. Maybe it's something he's done in the week. Maybe it's something he's done in the year. Maybe you've got to dive back, and that's okay, to something he's done in your past. I even want to say it's okay that even in this moment, you might need to dive back and go, I I just want to thank you for what you did in uh, that other person's life. You know, I just want you to hold on to something you can be thankful for this morning. And God, I pray that even in this moment as our our amazing church family grasps onto something they can be thankful for. God, I just pray that right now you would bring revelation about your greatness in that. Lord, that they'll begin to see who you are, your character, that if you've done it before, you can do it again. But even more than that, God, like that first verse that we read, Thanks to the Lord, for He is good. God, I pray that we would get a glimpse of your goodness in this moment. And God, as people begin to think about your goodness, Lord, I pray that you would bring perspective. God, that there is no challenge too hard, no mountain too high, no battle too tough for you. That when we see it, We can be overwhelmed, overcome. But God, give us the eyes of faith this morning to see it as you do, that the enemy is defeated. In your words, even at the cross, it is finished. Yeah, God, you are good. You are good. You know, even in this moment, maybe you're, Online, maybe you're in this place and, and you're having a moment where you go, man, I, I don't know how I even turned up here, but I recognize that I can't do this on my own. I need you, God. Maybe you're watching and you're like, you know, I've never made a decision to follow Jesus, but something's stirring deep within me and, and um, I'm feeling the call of God. I want to say that this is your moment. Wherever you are, maybe you're in this place. This is your moment. I love, you know, last week we had a couple of hands go up and and, and claim this as their moment. But right now in this moment, if that's you, if you're feeling stirred, grab hold of it. Grab hold of it. You know, the greatest victory, I believe, is that Jesus came. He didn't just leave us to go through life on our own or to be caught up in sin and to be shackled down, but He left heaven came to earth, took on flesh and bones, 
walked this walk and was willing to humble himself even to the cross where he didn't stay dead, but he rose again, breaking the power of sin and death, breaking the power that would hold us back from God, but breaking the power that would keep us enslaved so that we could be set free, that we could know him, that we could, in his own words, live the life that is an abundant life. Not just heaven one day, which man, that's gonna be awesome, but life now. And if that's you this morning, grab hold of it. Maybe that's putting up your hand. Maybe that's just in your own words going, God, that's me. And I wanna encourage you to say a prayer, something like this. It's as simple as just going, God, I am tired of doing life my own way. I choose you. God, I recognize that I'm sinful. God, I recognize that on my own terms, I'll never measure up, but I wanna thank you for the cross. Your blood that was shed that I could be set free and your resurrection life that brings me life. And God, I choose today and moving forward to follow after you, to follow your leading as king of my heart. In Jesus' name. You know, it's a prayer like that to kickstart it, to say yes. I want to encourage you, if you're watching online, go to inspirechurchnz.com and it's slash yes. And you can put in an email address and we just want to be able to connect with you and kickstart this journey with you. You know, if it was you this morning, I want to talk to you afterwards, okay? Because I want to encourage you in your journey, whether it was the first time you've you've made a decision like that or the hundredth time to take a decision in a moment like that to go, Jesus, I want to follow after you. But for everyone else, why don't we get to our feet? Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.